what Brooklyn sounds like. Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And I'm Dr. Lisa, and I give a shit. How are you doing today? You know, um, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I'm getting, I'm getting a call. Wait one second. Hello? Is this Lisa? Yes. David? Dr. Lisa? Yeah, is this you, David? This is David. How are you? Good. Will you hold on a second? Because I have to explain to people what's going on here. Okay. Thank you for calling. Yeah. Okay. So here's what, what's going on, folks. Um, this hasn't happened to me in over, like in years, but, uh, I was supposed to have this guest. I sent them a, a note and stuff like that. Um, I'm blaming myself that I got screwed up. I don't know, but I'm blaming myself. Okay. Because, this woman, I don't know how it got screwed up. I don't know what's going on, but this woman who I, I'm, I'm really like right now, I'm like mostly personally just disappointed because I was dying to meet her. Her name is Joanne Brealy, and she's the festival director and founder of the Black Woman and Comedy Festival. And she, she just wrapped up the festival, which is probably why she didn't show up because she probably has more important things to do than be on my radio show. Uh, so anyway, but I, I am, uh, I am really disappointed. And, uh, I realize right now that I have the great good fortune of my friend, David Kramer called in. Hi, David. Lisa, how's it going? Good. Are you going to do me a favor and hang out with me for a while until I see if Joanna uh, shows up? More important shows up. <laughs> yeah, until my real guest shows up. Will you hang on? Let, wait, I will. David, thank you. You are a very good friend. You get extra friend points just for showing up. Uh, That's great. Uh, I hope Joanna and I will become friends, even though she did not show up. But First, I just want to remind people with their... So let me do my intro, David, okay? Hang out for just two minutes, one minute. Okay. Okay, so anyway, you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. We worked that out, right? And this show is Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. It's every Thursday, two to three. Normally, I interview people and uh, we have kind of a faux psychotherapy session, but, uh, well, we're going to have to... Don't worry, I'll get David to spill some something he does. I'll get David to tell me something he doesn't want you to know. Okay, so I'll work with that. But I also want to remind you to um, come. Come on Monday. We're doing a live Radio Free Brooklyn show uh, at called Up Yours, Up Yours at Pine Box. And it's free. It starts at 9. It ends at 11. It's at Pine Box Rock Shop which is 12 Grattan Street, the L train to the Morgan stop. It, it costs nothing. Uh, and it's um, Radio Free Brooklyn's own DJ Defiance, host of Up Yours, is hosting a show at Pine Box. Uh, it's going to celebrate women and GNC folks in punk, punk music are NB and GN. I'm really, David, do you know what that means? I have no idea. I'm so out of it. NB people? Yeah. Do you no. know what the, No? 
Maybe no. Martin knows. Can you call your son he and find? Does. He probably does, but we don't know. He's anyway, more versed in uh, all the uh, initials of that everything stands for. Yeah, or Skinner. yeah, or we would we would just look them up on Urban Dictionary. But anyway, right? If you know what it is, you should come to it. it it's going to be awesome, I'm certain, because Melissa's hosting it, and she is she is she is a a force to be reckoned with, a real really big personality and so positive and so fun. So I wanted to make sure I got that in there. So David, um, okay. So let me tell everybody what's going on. Cause David and I are in this art fair that opens tonight, right? That's right. I saw your work. You did. Was Sorry. it okay? I'm nervous yeah. about it. Uh, so let me describe your work to you and see if I got it right. You made a placemat that would go in like, that you would find if you ate in a diner in like New Jersey and on that placemat are advertisements for things instead of being like for the local insurance company or the local hardware store, you are advertising for art galleries like Gagosian and uh, certain artists and sculptors. I thought it was very funny. Yeah. You liked you it. Had, uh, I liked, uh, I forgot what your quote was. I hate to say this, but I, you made a quote about Damien Hirst that just oh. made me laugh out loud. Oh, yeah. Money doesn't it? matter. It was a quote. It was Money doesn't G- matter. <laughs> yeah, Gagosian exactly Gallery. Right. Money doesn't matter. I liked, right. I liked my ad for um, one of my favorite ones is the Louis Vuitton lo- ad that says it's the official la- luggage of international art fairs. Yeah. Very yeah. Good. Oh, good. I'm glad you liked it. The booth looked Very really funny. great. So let me do a plug for our, for for this show that we're both in. It's probably, but anyway. So um, art on paper, folks. This art on there's an art. You know, if you don't know anything, if you're really un, living under a rock, and or you don't live in New York in one of those flyover states, you know, like New Jersey. Uh, <laughs> tonight. Tonight is the opening of the Art on Paper Art Fair, which is at, where is it? It's at uh, 19? At Basketball City. Basketball like City? The, Basketball City, which is at the, uh, on the East River. It's in a pier right at the very end of um, East River Park, below the, um, below, it's the closest subway to get there. It's not very far at all, is East Broadway. And then you have to walk down to the river, and it's in this building that is uh, used for our, um, for events, but it's also a place where kids go and play basketball. And have oh, leaves. I didn't know that. It's Pier yeah. 36, um, yeah. and uh, I personally am in two gal. I'm actually in three. I'm with uh, Mulherin, which, minute. David, you're in Mulherin too, right? I have worked there with a couple of galleries too, yeah. And, uh, so okay, well, I'm in, Please. let's see. David, let me just say this, Can folks. You if, the names or something? No, I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell them, but I just want to tell my listeners what's going on. First of all, if you guys think that David and I are competitive, okay, because we're both in these same fairs, let me just rest assured: David is way, way more successful than me. David oh, has yeah. work. Yeah, but in like major, major collections. David has paintings photographed in architectural magazines and he sold work in five. Have you ever sold a six figure piece? Uh, No. (laughs) Okay. But you've sold like pretty good five figure pieces. Six figures if you include. 
include the decimal points. If you include the decimal points, I have sold. I have sold more than one, maybe more than one figure. So uh, four figure. I have sold a four figure piece, David. But anyway, okay. we're we're we're, you know, David David David's David. David's doing really well. He's shown internationally. He's got a bunch of galleries, all that shit. So this is the, uh, so the workshop paper fair is, uh, I, I, it's pretty good. I was there yesterday, uh, hanging around while Catherine was setting up. No, why you were building the booth, right? What happened? I was there. I showed up and I got put to work. So uh huh. Well, I mostly just hung my work. Uh huh. You know, helped her arrange things. And that, anyway, the fair is good. I mean, this is obviously, the week of art fairs, I didn't go to any openings yet. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go tonight. You're going tonight. I missed it. I'm going to go visit the Armory over the weekend. Uh-huh. I'm going to go visit Spring Break. Yeah. I'm going to go visit everything. But I did not go to any openings. I've been, I'm working really hard on a project for after this week that I have to, I'm going to shoot a video oh. Saturday that I have. Oh, really? Have wow. A of, have a lot of things together, a lot of moving parts. Do you want to tell us about it? You want to tell us about the video? Yeah, but uh, let me just uh, the art fair. So let's finish the art fairs, and then we'll talk about the video. Yeah. So your work look so your work looked great there. Do you have in the other? Then there's uh, VSOP part? projects. Did you see that place? No. Oh, okay. So that's the gallery in Greenport that I showed at last summer. Oh, Jonathan great. Weisskopf. He's a he's a god. He's a sweetheart. He's smart. He's great. Got a great gallery in Greenport, and uh, he put a piece of mine in. That's terrific. And then um, also last year, you know what I did last year, David? I totally hooked myself up with this multiples place. I might have told you about them. Open Editions. Oh, right. I went there. Yeah, I went there. I networked, and uh, a year later, I'm working with them, and they're there. Wow. So my work's going to be there, too. Now, how many how many galleries are you in, David? How many galleries are you in? Only two. Yeah. Only two. So which ones? Mulherin. Uh, I work with Catherine Mulherin, who's here from Toronto. Mm-hmm. So, what do you have? Because it's our oh drawing on paper or I have some paintings on paper and some drawings on paper. Mm-hmm. David's work is work. really funny. You should check it out, David Kramer. Check it out, folks. Yeah. And what else? I have some work with a gallery, a guy named Owen James, who yeah. partners with uh, Brooke Alexander. Mm-hmm. They're and great. They put a booth, and oh. so they have in that booth like famous people, like like uh, Raymond Pettibone and John Baldessari. And then wow, <laughs> wow, that's awesome. So anyway, it's a nice booth he has. He has a little bit of, he has some of my work there, but Catherine and I put up some work and uh, a lot of stuff and it's, uh, fair looks good. I'm going to go over there at six o'clock tonight and hopefully, you know, hopefully like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think it'll be fun. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. You know, uh, I mean, everyone always says that art fairs, Artists are supposed to always say, oh, I hate the art fairs. Art fairs are terrible. They're bad for artists. They're bad for art. They're bad for everyone. But I like art fairs. I think it's always fun. I have a good time. The openings are good. You get to see all kinds of people in a big social, like, gala. It's fun. Yeah, I think they're really fun, too. I mean, the problem for me with art fairs is that 
it's not a good economic driver for the art art industry. Let's not call it art world anymore. I mean, let's just say it art industry as a whole. Yeah. Um, no, it's killer for a lot of galleries. Well, it also um, puts things in showrooms. I mean, it's not the ideal way to look at art, which is ideally, I think, in someone's home um, yeah. or a museum and then maybe a gallery. Those would be my preferences. But so- Yeah, I agree. I like the galleries. I like, having, I like making shows in art galleries. I like making shows. And then you never make a show in an art fair. You just put work on the wall. Yeah, or it. like you said, it's a trade show. It's a trade show, like and it, it's it's not to I like be the trade show, like in the sense that I like going to a uh, convention. You know, like I don't go to conventions, but like I imagine going to a convention. You see right. a lot of people in your field, and you talk to them, and you get to talk to people who are there from California or from Europe, who you don't see that often, but they're in town because they want to go to the trade show. So that's why I like it. It's a way to. Catch up because nobody ever responds to my email. <laughs> That's because you probably start off. I know you hate me, but <laughs> right. That's how. That's how people. That's how David Kramer is. He'll write to the yeah. gallery, dear, dear Mister Gagosian. I know you hate know me, but I'd like you to see my work. Isn't that how you do it? Is that why? That's Pretty why much. you don't. Is that how it works? That's how it's so successful, though. You get, you get them to feel just the slightest amount of guilt, sympathy, sympathy, guilt. and then say like, "Oh, this guilt. guy, this guy really needs my re- approval." Okay, well, well, I'll... actually, for that's totally untrue. Nobody in the art business feels they instead of instead of sympathy, they feel Schadenfreude. Yeah, right. <laughs> happy to see you yeah, because. <laughs> Because you see these these things, and then like the prices are so random, right? Either high or low, too. Yeah. Right. But yeah. So, so yesterday I uh, went to uh, the the big one, the Armory Show. And oh yeah. So you went to all the openings already? No, no, I didn't go to Spring Break. Spring break. No, because you know why I want to brag about our station, Radio Free Brooklyn. I did not go, folks. I did not go to the Spring Break opening, which is the one where most of the people I know personally are in, um, or I would say the largest group of people. Or it's been the most marketed towards me. I'll say that I've gotten too many emails about it, but I didn't go to the opening because. I was at uh, Brooklyn Borough Hall with the founder of the station accepting a grant for uh, Radio Free Brooklyn teen program. I didn't really do much of the work on it. I'm going to say Tom Tenney did most of all the work on this and deserves all the credit, really. But at the same time, uh, I did get invited because I helped out and uh, it was pretty, it was cool. It was cool. Yeah. All these really, yeah, because it was like all these creative people who who are getting money from the government. Like that never had wow. a room full of over like a hundred, two hundred. What the hell is going on here? They're giving money the government to artists. Yeah, oh, the, the the city, the, the city. Yeah, so we got money for we got we got four figures for the. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, David. So that's Not why I was. Figures. I was back to talking about. Six, six figures. Four figures. Six figures. Four, four figures. figures. We got four figures. Or maybe five. I think four. Anyway, uh, so I didn't go to spring break. But um, so yesterday I went to the uh, – back to me, David. 
this is my that podcast, you know, or my radio show. <laughs> no, no. David, what would I be doing if you weren't here talking to me? I'd have to be making uh, shit up or talking yeah. about like a gynecologist visit or something to try and keep people interested. And that's not even that interesting. Um, I'd but, like to think that you'd be bad mouthing me. Um, if you weren't on the phone? Uh, no, I'm more likely to say bad shit to your face. I'll definitely drag you down in front of you, but not behind your back. What's the point? Yeah, no, there's no fun in that. (laughs) If I can't, if I can't trash talk about you in front of you, why would I trash talk you? (laughs) Wow. I see the pleasure. (laughs) So, uh, anyway, I got, I ran into somebody and uh, she gave me a VIP pass for that particular guest VIP pass for the VIP lounge at the Armory. Have you ever? Oh, right. Have you ever had one yes, of those? Many times. Please. Yeah, I'm sure you have. <laughs> you weren't like oh, like me, but it's really yeah, pretty so, unimpressive, right? Yeah, it is. I was going to say you finally found out what goes on over there. And yeah, nothing, nothing. You still have to pay for your. You still have to pay for your champagne. Yeah. But they do give you a free espresso. Oh, they do? I didn't know that. I didn't want one. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> but, but I was plugging in congratulations. my... Yeah, congratulations. No, I mean, that they have nice furniture, comfortable furniture. I just like... Um, I had my phone plugged in, so I had... You know, I realized how awkward it is when you're by yourself and you don't have your phone anymore. Because then you're actually just looking around, looking at people, which is pretty fun but then everybody's like why is that person looking and not looking at their phone why are they looking around yeah do you know what i mean yeah so i had to get past that and then eventually ran into some people but i had to get past that yesterday i literally ran into somebody almost knocked them over on the train really off of the train and i was not looking at my phone Really? No excuse. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know. I just plowed into somebody. Just your passive. And I didn't even have a phone in my hand. I was like, how did that happen? Well, (laughs) you must have have been distracted. They must have. You're probably looking at some chick's ass. That's what it was. That is is right. You were looking at some chick's ass. And I ran into somebody else. Like straight into them. You did? Anybody Somebody you knew so or no? What's the, what's the, uh, what is the, the opinion on the Armory Show? Do you like it? Uh, better, better than, better, more interesting work than I've seen in the past because they had a lot of stuff that I hadn't. So often at these big art fairs, the big ones, don't you see like kind of like, oh, I saw that last year kind of shit? Or uh, I saw that in another. There, there is a lot of, uh, well, you know what's happened with the art fairs is that, um, as you said, they're very bad for galleries. So the bigger, stronger galleries just keep on getting the biggest, most prominent spaces, and they bring the same people. Yeah, I guess, well, you know, I guess that's it. I guess so that's it. You see a lot of the same work all the time. But, uh, but uh, you know what I feel like the challenge is that's good to hear. at an armory show, though? Like, this is how I look at it. I look at it, and the production values are always really good because they have so much money to spend on making the work. Right. So you have to look at something and think, is this idea really good? Is this like really original? Is this really, really, you know, doing what they want it to do? Or is it just like, 
Okay, so here's a competitive thing. Like I'm giving away these posters, right? So somebody at the yeah. Armory Fair was giving away these posters, right? And so I'm like, okay, okay there's some, I mean, it's not like I'm the first person to do it either. But so anyway, so I look at the posters that are being given, you know, as for people who don't know, like it's, uh, who, who, who started that? Uh, what's his name? Who gave out the uh, candy? What's his name? Oh, Felix Gonzalez. Torres. I think he started it. Like a big stack of free thing, free papers that you give away. It's like mm-hmm. a poster or something. Yeah, so, he, I don't know if he started, but he certainly did a lot of that. He's yeah. kind of he kind of got known for it. He kind of got known for it, yeah. I think. Although it's been done a lot, and uh, I can't even remember what the thing said, but it was just plain type, a vapid saying that I can't remember on a very thick piece of photo paper, and uh, it looked expensive because it was it was big and it was like thick paper, and people were taking them, and I was just like. This is bullshit. It's bullshit. I gotta find you out. Can't what... remember what it said. No, but I. But yeah, what's I can't funny even... about your. What's funny about your placemats? We had a conversation yesterday about them in the space in the in Catherine's booth, mm-hmm. and there was a discussion that instead of framing them, they should offer to laminate them. I know. I was thinking about that too. As, so you could have your giveaway, but then if someone wanted to up the ante, they could laminate. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. That's what I was. A reusable place. That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, laminate mm-hmm. them. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So Catherine liked them. Okay, of course I was worried. Uh, sure. I yeah. think she liked yeah. them a lot. Yeah. They're prominently on a pedestal there. Yeah, the I saw. Place. Was that did you, was that your idea? Yes. Yeah, thank you. Looking out for me, man. You're looking out for me. I was totally looking out for you. I said to Catherine, why don't we put these on a pedestal in a prominent space? You did? And she said, she said, that's a really good idea. And then. All right, David, I'm going to buy you a free drink. I'm going to buy you a free drink. Let's go to the VIP lounge over at uh, Art on Paper, which will be certainly a step down from the Armory's. VIP lounge. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. You know what I like about Art on Paper? Um, it's like very, it's a, it's kind of like, it's not a shit show. It's like kind of like nice work and it's on paper. So it's not, it's saying like it's about like nice work. We're not going to try and like sell you, you know, a million dollar painting. We're serious about the work. It doesn't have a lot of like uh, crazy, weird, sh- you know, like weird hidden miss shit, right? Well, I, you know, there's a lot of work there that is sort of um, stretching the idea of paper or not stretching the idea of paper. But in the, in the, uh, there is a certain amount of work there and a certain amount of really beautiful, intimate work. And I think Catherine's gallery does a really great job. She is a really great uh, connoisseur of people doing intimate work yes. on paper. Yes. Like intimate, small gestures that are important, uh, you know, to them. And she's, and so there's this intimacy to our, a lot of work on paper that you really get to see at the Art on Paper Fair. Whereas at the Armory, like you said, there is a tendency towards the bombastic sort of uh, showroom. overproduced yeah. showroom. Yeah. yeah. Shiny yeah. objects. And paper works on paper 
are not about shiny objects. They're really about uh, the touch of the artist and the intimacy of, you know, making something. And uh, I think that's what the part of the appeal of the art on paper. I yeah. So yeah. I do. I agree with you. I think you're uh, you're right about. That. It's gotten a really good reputation in the last few years. I mean, it's it's and uh, I I think you're absolutely right about Catherine. She is really good at at understanding intimate work. She is. That's uh, something about her program mm-hmm. that is uh, pretty fascinating. I yeah. do wonder why she works with people as insensitive as you and me. But, uh, <laughs> she, <laughs> well, she's got to have a well-rounded program. That's because right. we make but a fun. Lot of the work there is very, is very intimate and and and, and sensitive and. A couple of like uh, jerks like us can somehow squeeze our way into a gallery like yeah. that. Yeah, really. I don't know. I don't know. Well, you've made you've made her some good coin, David. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Let's just get in. Let's get into like the most the most base part of this. Uh. Uh. So. Uh. Anyway, how is how is your family? You know, I know. Folks, if you're listening, I know Kramer's family. Kramer's been on my show a couple of times, and uh, every time someone doesn't come, I get the call. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah, and I also, well, yeah, and I also, I also gave uh, Kramer's son Martin his first his first break in showbiz on one of my videos when he was like eight That's or right. nine, right? That's true. And now he was your first intern on your radio show. If you remember four years ago. Yeah. Four years ago. So do you think at the Academy Awards, he's going to be thanking me Uh, like in a few years? I don't even think he's going to be thanking me. (laughs) (laughs) So he, uh, he is, he, uh, my son, Martin lives in Montreal. Now I went to visit him last weekend. I was in Montreal. Yeah. Because uh, she's at film school, I have to like. I, there, there are people listening to this, David. It's not a fucking private phone call, okay? So, okay. okay so Martin Kramer is is like really brilliant. Martin Kramer is a really unique, brilliant young man. He's eighteen now. He's eighteen. Yeah, and he has he, he has a lot of character, and uh, he's he's kind of like he's. A lot of, I think, I mean, besides the fact that he has, like, you know, uh, you as his father and thankfully, thankfully, Susan as his mother, because you got to have one person that has her act together, like Susan, yeah, grown up. Uh, right. Martin's had the uh, great, the great privilege, really, of growing up in Manhattan and uh, starting uh Comedy. When did he start um, Gotham Comedy Children's? Yeah, he was doing comedy since he was around thirteen. Stand-up comedy. Yeah, yeah. uh, So so he's. uh, But anyway, I was in Montreal, and he's um, he's producing a really nice short film right now for his school, and he's uh, he's into it. He's still uh, he's really thriving there. So oh, wonderful! He's doing good work. But uh, it was nice. Uh, that's a really interesting place. You know, you can live in Montreal uh, like large. Like you cannot live like large. Even though he got to live large growing up in Manhattan, he still had poor parents. So. Well, he lived pretty nicely. No, he lived pretty nicely. You know, yeah. m- middle class, middle class folks. Not not like, not like you know, private, expensive 
sequestered private schools, but he had it pretty good. He had it pretty good. He got yeah. to go to all that, you know, lessons and show. He did a lot. He did a lot. Motivated yeah. kid, though. So how is how is it seeing his film? What was that like? Did you see the whole thing, or is it in progress, or what was that like? He's making a film in progress. It's very nice. So uh, anyway, they're you know they're just projects at this point, but uh, it's only the first year of film school. But uh, anyway, was it funny? So is it like funny to see him developing on his own? Like you don't watch him? Did he? Is it like he walked in there and it's like, oh my god, how did he become like a filmmaker? Yeah. Was there was there some yeah. of that? There is sure. Because I remember but, uh, when I, my father taught me how to draw. And I remember when I started drawing better when I came home from college and I showed him like my first semester or second semester or whatever. And I think he was like really surprised that I was like learning all this technique and stuff because I hadn't known yeah. it. He hadn't seen it. Did you get any of that, David? Yeah, well, that's what. So what happened was I saw him, I watched his film, and then I immediately came home and decided to produce my own film. Oh, really? Oh, rip, off, rip off of this film. Really? Are you kidding? Really? Yeah. That's awesome. So the film That's that you're doing next weekend is just inspired by I, your by him. A version. No, it's just a version of his film. But uh. <laughs> So you're ripping him off. It wasn't in, yeah. Is that what, what do you mean? Yeah, directly. I'm directly ripping him off actually. And that's not kidding. And he no. knows it? <laughs> you mean you mean, you mean, why should you have original ideas? You had him. That's original enough, right? Exactly. You kind of own exactly. all of his output because you made him. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Wait. No, let, but, uh, mm -hmm. So I am actually, so the funny thing is that my studio is in total disarray because the building, they knocked down the building next to my studio uh, last, over the last couple of weeks. And at the same time, the building I'm in is doing all this electrical work, so there's like, uh, we have a generator outside. It's like, you know, the hurricane just happened in Puerto Rico. We have a generator outside the building. Anyway, so I'm filming a film next week at my studio that is like going to be sort of like one of those long walkthrough shots from the ground floor up into my studio through this vast construction site that is now my studio. Oh, wow. So I, think, I think it's going to be really kind of cool and oh, wow. going on anyway that's so you're but, taking uh, advantage of that yeah i'm gonna take advantage so how that, is that uh, a, a direct ripoff of martin's uh no it's not but he did uh, uh, do with this funny film last summer that had a similar he had a similar love affair with uh scorsese's the version um goodfellas when they walk through in the um they do the big walk through uh, through the club with uh, and uh, continuous shot. Anyway, so I'm not uh, ripping him off. I'm ripping off Martin Scorsese for. Oh, uh, <laughs> don't you wish Martin Scorsese was your son? That would be awesome. Yeah. Okay, so let me, David, to hang out. I I need you. I need you, David. I'm going to do the station ID. David, isn't Radio uh, Free Brooklyn the greatest radio station in the entire world don't you think it is i think you have to start now calling it award-winning award-winning <laughs> all right thank you for that award award-winning we're an award the award-winning well, yeah we're an award-winning station um and i'm really glad you're listening and you're listening to dr lisa gives a shit which is 
uh, every Thursday, 2 to 3 p.m. Today, I am talking with artist and friend David Kramer. Uh, David actually was kind enough to call in, because, but I'm really just, no, I mean, I'm happy. and I mean, I'm enjoying myself, but I was really looking forward to meeting Joanne Briley, who is the founder of the Black Woman in Comedy Festival, because I had a whole lot of questions to ask her about black women and comedy in the festival. Maybe I'll ask you, David, but, um, so, so, um, anyway, thanks. Thanks for listening in. And I think because we, we have all these programs and we're a nonprofit and we really, our rent just went up. Basically we're really struggling and, uh, we provide a lot of great service here and including a teen program after school program for teens, which is really helping teach teens about media literacy and radio. So you should go to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash slash donate. So, uh, yeah, so this woman, this is what I was really wanting to find out, David. I'll tell you what I was looking forward to asking her, which I was going to center the conversation around. Um, so the, the festival that she started is the first festival, and it says the black... Women in Comedy Festival was born out of rage. For decades of being left out unseen and overlooked in the industry, we decided it was time to have something of her own. And so I was really hoping that she, that I could like get her to really come forth about that rage. You, do you know what I mean? Cause whatever that rage is, I want to hear about it. Right. Because I think it's really hard to imagine, like, we all, I mean, I know, like, you know, you're, you're, you're a woke, I consider you a woke person, and you want to know, but it's really hard to ask these questions sometimes, and it's hard to imagine, don't you think? Well, a lot of what I know, I'm just a white man. <laughs> you know, so, so I, so what's that, so, like, do you get shit, a lot of white men feel like, like, yeah. I'm a target now because I'm a white man. Do you feel like that in the age of Trump and the no. Me Too movement? I'll tell you the truth, though. You know, as a Jewish man, mm-hmm. I always felt like I wasn't really white. So that was a whole. Oh. Thing. You know, I lived in a. I lived in a in a in a town. I grew up in Westchester, New Rochelle, and you know, we had a country club up the street from me that didn't let Jews join. So you know, while I was a child, I always felt like we weren't really part of. Uh, anyway, uh, but you know, then many people will tell you that like Jews own everything. So, you know what, you know, so yeah, sure. I feel like I do understand why there's people who feel like I'm a white man and everything like that. And everything's great for you. But, but don't you, but don't you ever feel like some resentment because the real white guy privilege are those guys that are like CEOs and stuff like that. And you know, flying, they're get, they're really, the people really getting the perks. Like you're not, I mean, you know what I'm saying? You're, you are selling work in five figures, but still you're not like running a huge business. You know what, you know what I mean, David, you're not, you know, you know, you're not driving us, but, but I mean, so. I think that, uh, I think it's great that, uh, everyone, everyone, people are, other people are starting to get ter- their turn and you know that there's a comedy festival dedicated to the 
to what to black women. That's great. Rage. Yeah. I mean, but you better let somebody else talk about it. You're not. You don't want to talk sure. about it. You don't want to tell me. <laughs> you gotta fill this. This is what I was. This is what I was waiting for. This is what I uh, want to talk about. The rage explain. of black women, David. You're not. <laughs> you're just, not. You're not up me, to this. Let me, let me mansplain exactly what those people are thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to get in trouble, Lisa. I mean, you're really putting me in a position to, to speak yeah, in bigger trouble. That's why I had you now. call in, because I'm, try- yeah. I'm trying to make you feel awkward. <laughs> this is my whole goal, and it's not working. I'm not doing it. Yeah. I'm not going there. You're not going, you're not going there. So, um, <laughs> no. So, is there going to be a storyline in your film? Are you, is there cast? Is there, is there a craft service? Who's, already, I, I, is there casting? Who's going to be I'm, in it? Uh, well, I have a whole crowd. Uh, there's a great actress, Susan Mitchell, going to be in it. Uh huh. Uh, yeah. Wow, you got her in it? Wow. Yeah. She's a real actress, I got, though. I, I got a lot of people in it. No, but it's a big sort of. Uh, it's sort of an interesting video. I honestly, it's. Um, there's a whole lot of activity that I'm going to generate to create within this walk up the stairs into my studio ah. with a lot of cats doing different things. But, uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to do a show in, uh, June at the front room gallery. And right. The studio is supposed to be a part of that exhibition. Oh, wow. So, so as long as that's what I'm working towards is this front room gallery show for, June of this spring. Of this spring. And, uh, that's coming up. And it's coming up, so that's what I'm... Oh. Happening. Well, it's so very exciting. We're going to have to make yeah. sure that we do a lot of promo for that. For yeah, the maybe show. you invite me on your show with a little bit of We a could. We warning. could. And we'll talk about the... We'll talk about... Yeah, maybe maybe actually help talk about your work. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, yeah, that's. I do, do find it a little. You know, I don't have a really good elevator pitch to give you about my art video that I'm making right now. Uh, yeah, shoot it and I see what it looks like. I will have a. Uh, it better be good. I think it's, yeah, let's not talk about it. I want to see it and make, decide if it's good enough to talk about on my show first. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> I want to. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to just. You know, we have standards. But like, I was sitting around when you called when you when I called you mm-hmm. making props. So right now I'm making cans of uh, flammable substance. They're painted cans, you know, to be dumping on artwork, uh, you know, because we're going to light things on fire. uh, Oh, wow. (laughs) That sounds so dangerous. Does your landlord know? My landlord uh, does not know. He does Uh, now. My landlord's great. He does now. now. You said it on the air. I said it on the radio. Yeah, and you know he listens. So award-winning radio free. Every every everyone's listening to this. Everyone. Yeah. Um. So, but, but uh, uh, so they're pulling your. So that must be dis, destruct disturbing, right? They're pulling your your uh, your your studio apart. What about the? So they knocked on the building next to my building, which is very disturbing. Mm-hmm. It, well, it used to be part of this building, but it got sold off and half of it. So, you know, you just, you can feel time dissipating. 
you, here in Brooklyn can, in my Williamsburg studio. You can feel and, the uh, gentrification moving in. You can feel. You know what they're going to build in that spot, which will tell you exactly what's happened to this neighborhood. What they're going to knock down that building and put up a new building in its place that is going to house a rock climbing club. Oh man! Yeah, a healthy rock climbing club. A healthy rock climbing club, For- so that the uh, new residents of Williamsburg will have a place to climb rocks. Right. Yeah. Instead of actually right. like going outside where they may, where they have rocks naturally, they're going to pay right. to have pay to fake have rocks. Climb rocks. Yeah, exactly. That, that they I heard there was going to be an ice wall there. They're going to have an ice wall, and uh, yeah, so that's what's happening here in uh, in what used to be the artist neighborhood of Williamsburg. Is you know now there's going to be a rock climbing club. Oh so, man! You know, I mean, this is gentrification is is here. I mean, no surprise. But, uh, you know what? You know what? We yeah. need to we we need to form a rock throwing club. <laughs> yeah, you're always thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that I yeah. think that would combat the gentrification. Yeah, we so. should throw rocks. At the people going into the rock climbing club. I know. I'm kind of hoping the business model of this rock climbing club <laughs> is to have rock climbing and serve drinks. Because <laughs> <then I> see... <laughs> Drunk rock <laughs> climbing. I think you can actually make money off of this business. And then, of course, there'll be a lawsuit at some point. <laughs> I know. Well, you also have to, like, get sex in there. Because somehow, if there's no sexual aspect yeah. to it you can't make any money like they have to either have skimpy outfits or like yeah. the drinking and like a hookup a way to hook up by rock climbing together well i think they're gonna have like strapping guys helping women climb rocks i think that's gonna be the uh, that's the that's the other part of the business model okay so here's a pun coming at you so are they gonna call it get your rocks off club <laughs> that's so bad sorry i had to say it uh, but you know what we could do is we could make like let's get some rocks and paint them or, or put sayings or we could make some rocks as art art ro- and sell it to them you know collectors I yeah. souvenirs. Yeah. <laughs> so you know it's a little bit disconcerting right now with the studio situation here and I don't know you know I I've been told we're safe and we're going to be here for a while but you could just see the wave of gentrification coming. Yeah, it's everywhere. My doorstep. So that's part of what this video is going to try to uh, capture the uh, studio as it is, as this sort of weird, you know, spot that still exists in this neighborhood. But for for how long? Is the question. Yeah, gentrification. Well, I was thinking that, um, you know, what do you think about the whole thing about Amazon? Them pulling, them getting Amazon to pull out. What do you think about that? Well, I do think that uh, I happen to have uh, thought that, I mean, look, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I'm no fan of Amazon. I'm no fan of corporations. All these corporations moved to New York. It's so funny, like Vice took over a whole section of Williamsburg because Williamsburg was so cool. And now that section of Williamsburg is nothing like it used to be. Google's done the same thing to Chelsea. You know, I'm not happy about Amazon coming, but at the same time, it was a lot of, you know, a lot of jobs for a lot of people and a lot of people getting upset about Amazon coming were people who didn't need jobs. So, you know, I do think it's a, I don't have a, 
you know, a full, a fully formed yeah. opinion on. Yeah. But, well, uh, I do think that the idea of giving away a tremendous tax breaks to uh, to a multi billion dollar, you know, a billionaire who has, you know, a multi million dollar business is, uh, you know, it's like I think the tax breaks were going to the wrong people, the people that really needed it. Ex- but, mm-hmm. but you know, I mean, I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm not you're, sure that it was such a victory that they're not moving here either. So. Yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little bit torn about that. Although I do really like the idea that um, it is going to slow down gentrification, but I do think that no matter what, what you just said is something that's great that's come out of this is that we're all now yeah. way the public is way more aware of how this uh, deal was made, the tax breaks that were given out the lack of information that the public had. I mean, this, this deal was basically made behind the public's back, right? right? Cuomo. In the back room. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. without transparency. And um, so I am really, really happy about that. And, you know, I mean, there's part of me that's happy that they're not going to be moving in. And then there's part of me, well, might've brought in some good jobs for people who need them. But at the, be- at the end of the day, uh, calling out people on, you know, making crappy, you know, making deals that they shouldn't be giving them tax yeah. breaks. No fucking way. I, I mean, you know, the other thing I complained about Google coming into Chelsea and changing the neighborhood just by their sheer presence, but they did not come to Chelsea with this, you know, begging or bartering their way into a huge tax break. They came. I have people who live in the building I live in in, in, in Manhattan who. <laughs> Tell me that the reason why Google moved to Manhattan was because their employees wanted to be there. And so they decided to uproot some of their offices and create an office in Manhattan for their people. I mean, that is so it was to their benefit and they knew it. They didn't have to come trying to get blood from a stone like Mm -hmm. Amazon just did. Right. And also moving to Manhattan um we all take for granted, well, that seems like a very central location. Moving to Long Island City, um, you don't know. And also, you know what's really fucked up about the whole Amazon thing? They made it seem like this big competition and you were going to win. But they yeah. let no one knew about the fucking tax break aspect of it and that people right. were buying their way in. And that makes me crazy angry. So they, well, you know, it's, yeah, it's a disgusting, you know. I, I felt I mean, a little used again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I felt a little used when, <laughs> you know, I feel a little used like every day. <laughs> right. What else is new? <laughs> uh, t- t- times they are changing. Well, you know, like yeah. that whole, you know, what really started all this, I think, is Harvey Weinstein getting taken down once harvey weinstein got got taken down like it showed that uh people people have the power to some degree there is there is i think i think it was the beginning of um a a big change in perception i mean just you know him getting taken down all those other guys getting taken down uh, what, you know, and now, uh, R. Kelly, he's getting taken down. Michael Jackson, you know, we're just throwing everyone on, you name it. Yeah. Everyone but Trump. 
every well yeah that's a lot more complicated you know, uh, it is interesting, though. It is really interesting on to that point a little bit. But uh, I was thinking about this Trump uh, situation with Michael Cohen with the whole thing, and it does seem perhaps that if he is going to get taken down, it probably will be because of him paying off Stormy Daniels. So I mean, that is you know, that is the thing that's probably going to take him down. So it is kind of a funny uh, sort of irony that uh, he also will be taken down indirectly. You know, finally, because of him paying, writing checks while he was president of the United States in the White House to, to, some check. to cover up his uh, illicit affairs. So, yeah. You know, yeah. Out of all that shit. It's, yeah, like, look what happens. What is wrong with you guys? You know, look at look at what happened to Bill Clinton. He got taken out by, by a check. There's right. so many checks in the world. Why do you guys mess around with the wrong ones? You know, like R. Kelly, he got, he got like, he got young chicks. He should have, he should have gotten right. young, deaf and dumb. That's not even funny, deaf and dumb chicks. That's, that's just mean. Funny. That's not mean. <laughs> that's just mean. That's fucked up. I can't say that. Can't say that. And Michael Jackson. Wow. Did you see that? Yeah. 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 The artist and the art. What do you think? Can you separate the artist and the art? That's going to be tough. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's I mean, going to be hard with I Michael. Mean, to be honest with you, like, uh, listen, I, I, to be honest with you, like, I couldn't really, I'm not an R. Kelly guy. I don't know. Oh, yeah. At all, but Michael Jackson's like, a, you know, like, iconic. You yeah. Kind of like, it's like taking down the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a big deal. But, you know, I was just thinking about, you know what I was just thinking about? I was just thinking about it, for example, um, Pee Wee Herman, right? For those of you who are right. listening who don't know that Pee Wee Herman uh, was a great, uh, he had a child show. I don't know. if I don't know. I mean, I'm old. I don't know if you guys know this, but he had this really breakthrough, fabulous, funny, hilarious, special, uh, you know, really, really great. Uh, children's show for children and adults, and then he got caught jerking off in a theater, uh, a gay porn theater. And then after that, he got taken down and no one watched the show and all that. But like now he's, he's sort of coming back and I can, I can look at the time I was sort of horrified, but now I can look at, I could watch Pee Wee Herman and forget that he was, you know, he didn't really hurt anybody. It wasn't that bad what he did. He just fucking jerked off in a theater like everybody else. So what? But, um, so it wasn't that bad, but I, I could separate that now. How about you over time? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. My, like the thing with Michael Jackson is just a weird thing because like, you know, I don't know, just cause you grew up, I don't, everyone grew up with that music. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just so ubiquitous, but, right. uh, I, I guess, uh, you know, I still, there's, uh, I was, it's an interesting thing. I don't know. I was just thinking, I was talking to somebody recently when I was a younger painter, when I was a younger art student, someone, uh, someone came to my studio, like in art school, a teacher and said, who's like your, uh, who's your influence? Who's your, who's the artist mm-hmm. that most influenced you? And I literally told this professor at the time, this was in 80, 1980, 87 or so. Mm-hmm. I said, Woody Allen is my biggest influence. Mm-hmm. I love his, Video. And at the time, he was making movies like Hen and Her Sisters and Manhattan yeah. and Zelig. I mean, he yeah. was banging out yeah. incredible movies. Yeah, brilliant shit. And, uh, 
I still feel like those are great movies. Me and too. I, still, I don't I haven't liked his work in 20 years, but uh, 30, you know, since then, really. But it's interesting to think that that was someone who I, and now I feel kind of, even though I just said it out loud on the radio. <laughs> yeah, we're the, on the greatest station in the award-winning station in the world. Hey, stop laughing. That's right. It is award winning. What are you fucking laughing? Shut up, David. Just well, shut just the fuck up. What? What is wrong with me? You know, I mean, people are hearing this, but, you know, it's an interesting thing. Like, I'm not supposed to say that anymore. What, that you like Woody Allen? No, at the time, honestly, like those, he had a, Woody Allen was making these movies and he had an understanding of, I mean, he had nostalgia for a city that was disappearing. Right. He said so back then in the, you know, New York was changing right under his feet and he was making films about that and it was sentimental. And and there were great, great films then and the great films today, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't think I don't like his work so much right now, what yeah. he's been doing, but it was great work. And it's just anyway, it's just kind of a you bad know, thing that you can't really admit to that. Like, I still go back and watch. Oh, you feel bad about saying that you like those films? I just, well, I'm just saying, like, you know. You don't want to advertise. Positive about someone like that is like, you know, you're like not supposed to even. It'd be like, Am I supposed to say anything nice about Michael Jackson ever again? I don't know. (laughs) Well, the thing about Woody Allen, though, is that he um, actually... Well, he didn't really, he fell in love, really. I mean, he's very committed to his wife. And, yeah. you know, he, he didn't really, um, he didn't really like take it, take it. I don't think he really took it. It's a little creepy. We don't really know. They didn't live together. But it's not like, you know, um, it's not like what Michael Jackson did, which is manipulate. I don't know, you know, if he did manipulate yeah. her, she's totally on board now. Right. right. She's, in the, she's totally on board and they're still together. So yeah. Like, so I think it's I think Woody Allen over time, you know, I think I think time helps put things in perspective. But you know what else mm-hmm. I think? I think that what's happening now is society is revisiting all this stuff and the rules have changed. But the problem is, is like the part of the problem is that the rules were wrong in the beginning. Like if we had been more diligent about, you know, our values, you know, about not uh, exploiting children or women or using sex to manipulate people. Like if we'd been like that, these people wouldn't have gotten called out so late. They should never have gotten in the position in the first place. And our society is whole. We're all responsible for that. Well, I'm not yeah. because I'm just an yeah. innocent. I'm just I'm just an innocent girl. But uh, no, I mean we're all responsible for that. You know, in one way or another. And uh, like my guest, who or my who should have been my guest, Joanna Brilling, who's doing the Black Women in Comedy Festival. Now, she's doing something about it, right? So, you know, she took action, you know, so I give her, there are people like that who aren't, aren't, you know, responsible, but, you know, I haven't done anything like that. So I'm going to take, say, like, you know, I, I, I didn't really do anything about it either. Although, although I did, I did sexually harass all the men at work during the Anita Hill hearings, telling them how great they looked. And I wanted to see, see how they looked in those new pants and, Shit like that, and can I sit closer? 
I made them all crazy. They couldn't handle it. But, you know, that's that was my protest. Yeah. Uh, so um, so you've got this show. We've got four. Can you believe how fast this went, David? We got three minutes left. So you've got uh, this. You know, you're going to be an art and paper. What else? What else you got? Let's do some promo for you. What else you got going on? Okay, let's do some promo. I got a lot of projects going on. Okay. I am uh, very excited to find out this past weekend that there's an art on paper show in Montreal called Papier. Uh huh. And I'm going to be in that April 25th. And um, I'm actually doing a special project there where I'm bringing my, uh, you know, I made a film called Hooking Up with Dave. Right. Which was a, which is... um, about this hook rug project that I had done. Mm-hmm. And they asked me to bring the hook, their paint, their paint, to bring the hook rugging project to Montreal for Papier. And I'm going to have that coming up. And uh, also I'm going to be in, a, in April. Um, there's a book fair in L.A., and oh. uh, Owen James Gallery is making a book for me right now. Fabulous! What kind of book? What kind of book? It's a book of uh, my funny little pencil of drawings your work? that are um, that black and you know pencil drawings that have little jokes on them and pictures that I've been doing. Wonderful! For- is it black white color? It's going to be black and white color. Yeah, soft, fabulous! Soft That's great. <laughs> How much are those going to sell for? Uh, I'm not sure yet. They're they're re- oh, they're going to print soon, and we'll decide on the whole thing. But that's fabulous, right that's great. And, uh, what else? Yeah. What else? Oh, uh, in not nothing. The uh, show in Jan- the June. You, I mean, is that I your have focus? A show in June at the, at the, which is going to be fabulous. I'm really excited. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so is that your focus fun. right now? Your show in June. It is. Even mm-hmm. though I have these other projects in April, I'm and the works are on paper. I'm really paying attention to that and then in uh in this fall i'm gonna be having some work in uh i'm going back to uh to paris <gasps> fabulous so, what, what are you gonna do uh, there with laurent Godin. well i think that i'm gonna do a there's i have some making a bunch of work for him for this uh a project for marseille and then we're gonna do something at the gallery also coming up but we haven't set a date for that part of it but uh you do have a lot going on that's really awesome you must be really busy i mean like you got pressure right or you feel pressure that's a lot of work you got to get out there i gotta make it i'm very productive right now that's why i'm on the phone with you and yeah being productive with me well we're we're promoting your work so you know there where you are being productive Anyway, yeah. thanks so much for being here to David here today. Well, it was nice talking to you. Yeah, Thank really you. fun. You said you were going to buy me a drink, and so uh, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire over at uh, Art on Paper later today. Great, great. Well, thanks, sure. thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening to Doctor Lisa. Bye, bye. Doctor Lisa gives a shit on Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm here every Thursday, two to three. Um, right directly after this, we have Lost and Rewound with Elon Denziger, who's hilarious. And-